Section 22 of Stratagems and Conspiracies to Defraud Life Insurance Companies. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Stratagems and Conspiracies to Defraud Life Insurance Companies An Authentic Record of Remarkable Cases by John B. Lewis and Charles C. Bombal. Mysterious Disappearances, Part 12, The Mariano Rubio Case. From a full and carefully prepared report of this remarkable case, in the Coast Review, San Francisco, the following particulars are obtained. On the third day of March, A.D., 1869, Miguel Noe, made application to the Manhattan Life Insurance Company to insure the life of one Mariano Rubio in the sum of $15,000 on an ordinary life policy to be made payable to no, who claimed to be a creditor of the said Mariano Rubio. The application was presented in the regular form. Rubio was properly examined. The application accepted by the company and a policy issued for the sum of $15,000. Rubio, the assured, was at that time a resident of the county of San Luis Obispo, California. The premiums upon the policy were regularly paid up to March 23, 1880. On July 1, 1879, the policy was regularly and duly assigned by Miguel Noe, to a leading lawyer of the city of San Francisco, Mr. Tully R. Wise, who thereupon became the lawful owner for a good and sufficient consideration. By private arrangement, however, between No and Wise, the former was to receive one half of the proceeds of the policy, should it ever be collected. On the 23rd day of October, 1880, there was presented to the Manhattan Life Insurance Company the following proofs of the death of Mariano Rubio, which it was alleged had occurred in the manner stated by the witnesses in the affidavits hereafter noted. Notice is hereby given to the Manhattan Life Insurance Company of New York that Mariano Rubio of San Luis Obispo, County of San Luis Obispo, California, has deceased. That said, Mariano Rubio was the same person insured by said Manhattan Life Insurance Company in the sum of $15,000 for the term of his natural life. By their policy of insurance number 27,671, dated March 5, 1869, and that under the terms and conditions of said policy, the same becomes payable to me as the lawful holder and owner of said policy, and I hereby declare that my interest in said policy is to the full amount of $15,000, and do further declare that the statements in the annex certificates A, B, and C are correct. The proof of said death and my claim under the before-mentioned policy, I answer as follows. Name of deceased, Mariano Rubio. Residence, San Luis Obispo County, California. Occupation, farmer. Place and date of birth, Mexico, 
March 1, 1824. Place and date of death on his way from Los Angeles to the state of Nevada, somewhere in November 1879. Have been acquainted with the deceased 15 years. Last November, said Rubio and Juan Gonzalez, with others, left Los Angeles County for Nevada and were lost on the way and died from exhaustion. Their bodies were found about six days after their separation from the other parties and were buried on the spot where they were found. Dated at San Francisco, October 23, 1880. Signed and sworn to before Commissioner of Deeds, Holland Smith, by Tully R. Wise, a signee, who made oath that the foregoing statements by him made were true and full, to the best of his knowledge, recollection, and belief. Certificates A and B annexed, being for the attending physicians and the undertaker's statements, of course, were left blank. Certificate C, however, the statement of an acquaintance of deceased, was subscribed to by one Anders Sanderfield, who testified that he had known Mariano Rubio since 1850 and that the latter had died in Nevada from exposure, as stated in the accompanying affidavit. Accompanying the above statements regarding the decease of Mariano Rubio, and apparently relied upon to corroborate them, was affidavit made by Rafael Peralto and Maximiano Archie, who stated under oath that they left Los Angeles to go to Nevada with Mariano Rubio on the 13th day of November, 1879. And during the trip, Mariano Rubio and a man named Gonzalez separated from them, and about the 27th of November, the former two lost their way, as Peralto and Maximiano supposed, and, six days after, the affidavit goes on to say, We came upon their dead bodies, and we buried them about 280 miles from here, and we can now go to the spot. Mariano Rubio I knew for a long time. He was an old man, and his age I do not know, but he must have been between 50 and 60. The affidavit containing the above statement was begun in the plural, and in the last two sentences was written in the first person singular. It was signed by both Maximano Archie and Raphael Peralti in the presence of W.H. Gray, Notary Public, in Los Angeles, October 6, 1880. Attached to the same affidavit was one subscribed to by Francisco Macon, who testified that he knew the parties above named and knew that Mariano left that neighborhood, Los Angeles, with them in accordance with the above affidavit. Senor Ignacio Sepulveda, Superior Judge of Los Angeles County, certified that W.H. Gray was a notary public in and for that county at the time the above affidavits were taken, and that his signature was genuine. Detective Harry Morse was engaged to look up the various parties who had a personal knowledge of Rubio's death and soon learned that one Jose Lopez had accompanied Rubio to Sonora about the time at which his alleged death took place in the desolation of Death Valley. 
A detective was sent to Mexico, and finally the long-lost Rubio was found alive, in excellent health, and moreover, newly married in Autlan, in the state of Jalisco. Meanwhile, on the 6th of December, 1881, suit was brought by Tully R. Wise against the Manhattan Life Insurance Company in the Superior Court of San Francisco to recover the sum of $15,000, with interest thereon from the 30th day of November, 1879, and the further sum of $407.35 with interest thereon from the 23rd day of March, 1880, and for costs. The complaint set forth the statement of the insurance of Mariano Rubio by the defendant, the interest of Miguel No and of the plaintiff, and the statement of Rubio's death as given in the proof of death and in the narratives of Maximiano, Archie, and Peralto. An answer signed by Mr. Landers as representative of the defendant company, denying the claim, was filed in January 1882 by Messrs. McAllister and Bergen, attorneys for the defendant. Soon after, Messrs. McAllister and Bergen received a letter from the U.S. Consul at Mazatland, under date of January 30, 1882, in which the following appeared. I had the pleasure to report the successful completion of the commission entrusted me by you to obtain proofs of the existence of Mariano Rubio, whose life had been insured in the Manhattan Life Insurance Company in favor of Miguel No, and whose death has been claimed to have taken place. I dispatched Mr. Campbell Ford to Auckland for the purpose of obtaining affidavits, and today received a document from him, properly authenticated by the U.S. Consul at Manzanillo, which proves beyond doubt the existence of Rubio. Mr. Ford writes me that Rubio is about to get married and is in perfect health. Accompanying the above letter were the proceedings of voluntary jurisdiction instituted by Mariano Rubio to demonstrate the identity of his person. On the margin was the seal of the Revenue Department of the Sixth Canton of the State of Jalisco. The evidence was taken at Auckland. January 13, 1882, and signed by Rosenda Hiar, de To the court of first instance, I, Mariano Rubio, of lawful age, widower, and resident of this vicinity, as the best mode of proceeding, depose and set forth. On the 23rd of March, 1879, the Manhattan Life Insurance Company established in San Francisco, State of Upper California, one of the United States, insured my life, the respective policy being fixed in the sum of $15,000 on account of Senor Don Miguel No, resident in the said city of San Francisco, and intervening in that contract, besides the Senor No, his attorney, Hulls, whose name I do not remember two agents of the said company and myself, and the senor no, having obligated himself to pay the premiums, bonus correspondent to the policy, and to acknowledge on my death, in favor of my heirs, the sum of $5,000. 
Rubio then set forth that in order to secure as well as the rights which pertain to him in the said policy, as those which the said company might have or desired to make clear, he prayed the court to execute such proceedings of voluntary jurisdiction as might conduce to the identification of his person. Thereupon, such proceedings were had. Rubio's personal appearance, age and general qualities, were deposed to by witnesses. It was shown that he was enrolled as a citizen of that city for many years of his life, and that from there he came to California about 30 years ago, and that in 1880 he returned to Auckland. Rubio, upon being sworn, told the tale of his return home as follows. In the month of March or April of the current year, it will be two years since he arrived in this place, Auckland. Having been three months on the road from San Francisco, California, to this place, his last place of residence having been the Santa Rosa Ranch in the county of San Buenaventura, California, whence he departed for the Colorado River, thence touching at Altar in the state Sonora. From this latter place he went to Hermosillo, thence to Guaymas thence to Alamos, thence to Friette River, thence to Culiacan, in the state of Sinaloa, thence to the port of Mazatlan. From Mazatlan to Atlan, the route taken by Rubio was also described. Continuing, Senor Rubio deposed, It is alike true that, in order to be able to marry Donna Merced Hernandez, I was required to furnish evidence of the decease of my first wife, Donna Maria Villa Senor, which took place in San Francisco, California, which evidence was furnished in a certificate which was issued to me by the Senor Bishop of the aforesaid California. It will be observed that both sides up to this time had made strong documentary evidence to substantiate their respective positions. The plaintiff, Mr. Tully R. Wise had submitted the proofs of the death of Mariano Rubio and the sworn affidavits of two persons who had buried his remains in the sun-heated sands of that far distant and desolate region known as Death Valley. For the defense, the statement of Jose Lopez, who said he had gone to Sonora with Rubio, was obtained and in substantiation of that statement, it was found that a man named Mariano Rubio had arrived at Mazatlan, and from thence had gone to Otland, Jalisco, his native place, as told by a well-known citizen of San Luis Obispo County. What would be the result should these two conflicting theories be placed before a jury? A sum of money aggregating nearly $20,000 was at stake besides the moral effect of being right or enduring wrong. At this crisis, Mr. John Landers, agent of the Manhattan, dispatched Mr. A. Hins to Mexico to find Mariano Rubio and produce him in San Francisco. This step was taken in April 1882. Mr. Hins made a toilsome trip through the mountains of Mexico to the city of Auckland, Jalisco. He returned to San Francisco after great hardship and expense, arriving there on the 29th day of May, 1882, 
With him, he brought Mariano Rubio, alive and in good health. Senor Mariano Rubio was accompanied by his wife, a buxom, brilliant Mexican woman, whom he recently wedded in Auckland, his native city. They were soon safely domiciled at one of the leading hotels in this city, secure from intrusion and supplied with the comforts and necessities of life. On the day of their arrival in San Francisco, Senor Rubio, when leaving the office of the Manhattan Life Insurance Company on California Street, came face to face with Mr. Tully R. Wise and Senor Miguel No, who were conversing together upon the sidewalk. The recognition of Rubio by No was almost instantaneous. The latter gave his hand to Rubio and bade him welcome, extending the hospitalities of his home to the long-sought-for Mexican. But to affirm that No was not surprised at the unexpected appearance of Senor Rubio would be wide of the truth. The latter presented a well-preserved figure for a man buried in the scorching sands of Death Valley for three years. Whatever splits there had been in his lips were completely healed. His tongue did not have the appearance of having been burned and blackened by thirst, and his body had so recovered from its exhaustion and the advanced stage of decomposition so graphically portrayed by Maximano Archie and Raphael Peralto as to be recognizable by his old friend, Senor Miguel No. A conference was held in the office of Messrs. McAllister and Bergen, Nevada Block, this city, at which were present Mariano Rubio, Miguel No, Tully R. Wise, John Landers, and Mr. Bergen. Mr. Wise expressed his entire satisfaction at the identity of Rubio, and also his regret at having been led into assuming the questionable position that he occupied. He believed that rank perjury had been committed by the parties who had alleged that they had buried Rubio, and not only condemned them, but held that they should be punished. In conclusion, he metaphorically washed his hands of the whole affair. Subsequently, the following document was drawn up and filed in the Superior Court. In the Superior Court of the State of California, in and for the city and county of San Francisco, Tully R. Wise, plaintiff, versus the Manhattan Life Insurance Company, defendant. The plaintiff in the above-entitled action, being here now fully satisfied that Mariano Rubio, named in the complaint in said action, is now living, and that the plaintiff is not entitled to recover herein. It is hereby stipulated that said action be, and it is hereby dismissed, and the clerk of said court is hereby authorized to enter judgment of dismissal in said action. Signed, Tully R. Wise, Plaintiff in Person. End of Section 22